Welcome to the podcast. My name is Toby Zapier and I'm your host. And I'm your host, Susan Zapier. And this is What God Has Done. Where miracles unleash faith. This is episode two and we're blessed that you guys are listening to us and we're here to give God all the glory. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Beautiful wife, I like that. So yeah, this is our second episode and I'm so excited we have a guest speaker. It's our second episode but first episode with a guest speaker. Yes, that's right. And this guest speaker, she loves Jesus. Her name is Sophia Latari. She is a Bible college student at Freedom School of Ministries. She also has her own brand titled by Votari, which is a fragrance brand. She's already crying. That's how much she loves the Lord. <laughs> we haven't even started and the tears are out. I love that. We had a discussion about this before and I think we're all going to cry on this episode. But Come on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Sophia. So excited to introduce you. How are you feeling? Amazing. I feel good. Yeah, really feel blessed. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing my story. And maybe that will be a moving point for someone else that there is where I used to be. And, um, yeah, it could be a light into their life so they can find the truth and not be, yeah, slave to the darkness, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen. You better cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, give me two seconds. No, there must be something where you can snap out of this. Okay, God, come on, we got this, Jesus. Come That's on. it, come on. We have to work now, cry after, come on. We, we welcome the tears. We welcome it. We welcome them. Yeah, this is so. For four hours, man. No, this on. is, this is so good, and this okay, is good. this is why the Lord has put you on our heart to I be the first came interview. Came and thought, oh yeah, easy podcast a few hours and then see ya. You know, wow, I'm gonna cry here the whole time. <laughs> okay. You know, God looks at the heart, right? Yes. And you may be worried that. People are going to see you crying the whole time or... Oh, know, not even. It just, oh, you know, they want to listen to something instead of crying the whole time. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> A balance between... Literally. Crying and conversation. Like, Hadi, come on, like, are you done? <laughs> <laughs> With crying. No, 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 it's going to be fine. Yes, okay, I'm good now. Whew, let's go. Let's, let's go, let's go, off. let's get it. Um, so what's been happening in the world of Vitari? Oh, so much. Wow. Oh, So since I found Jesus, which is a few years back, but I would say since my baptism, which was last year in December, everything changed, man. It just, I was in that water thinking, oh, I feel the same getting out of it and thinking of when I'm going to buy my (laughs) G-Wagon. And Patty was telling me at home, I don't think your baptism worked. I'm going to tell your pastor next time to hold you a bit longer under the water. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... What does he mean? And I was like, oh, I didn't change. And I still have that worldly desires. And what's going on? Because I remember on the way home, I was like, oh, I really want to have this car, Patty. Can you apply for the loan? 400 grand. He's like, shouldn't you be worried about other things? I'm like, yeah, but God wants me to have that car too. <laughs> <laughs> and today you sit there and be like, wow, so much change. Not an instant but step by step and Votari has just been grown. And I think the growth was literally, I started walking with God and he did all the work that I just couldn't do. Come on. And I didn't have to do nothing but trust and surrender and pray. And it's like, now I look back and I'm like, I've been trying so hard to get by Votari somewhere for my 
own desires. It was always because of I wanted to have something out of it. It was me. And since that kind of shifted, it's like, God is just blessing this business, which is his business. I'm just a manager. So beautifully where I'm like, I don't even have to do nothing for it. You put the perfect people to the perfect timing in the perfect situations and you just sit there and you're amazed and you can't even explain because whoever doesn't have the Holy Spirit or is a follower of Christ will just look at you and think you're crazy. Not that I care anyways what people think, but it's like how do you put this into words that they actually can understand what you have so they actually want to have it too instead of you just being there and being like, I am speechless myself, let alone trying to tell someone else how beautiful this life has now been. So, yeah, Bible Tari is just skyrocketed, like literally. Mm. And I have done nothing but prayed for it. I haven't sent any applications out. I haven't been searching for the people. I haven't sending brand decks out there to people to see me nothing. Like literally other people around me are doing the work and it just turns out to come back to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, I just literally prayed for it. And you make it happen. And I'm just sitting there and be like, how is this even possible? Yeah. I like, love how you said that it's God's business. Yes, it is yeah. his. It's and you're just the manager yes. of it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love this how you say that because be. everything comes from him. Yes, yes. And I think there's a humility in that. Mm. And God can use that surrender mm. to multiply mm-hmm. and bless it abundantly. But Me and Toby were just so talking good. about this actually this morning about how, um, well, I'll let you explain it, but I feel like it comes line in line exactly with what Sophia is saying. About um, working Yes. for God. Yep. Yeah. So I had um, a little revelation. But I think before I say that, um, do you want to just tell the viewers mm. and the listeners what is Bivatari? What is it? Mm. So Bivatari is a fragrance label. It started off with clothing back then. Um, I really wanted to be a fashion designer. Oh, crazy. So I studied um, law. I'm a barrister. I studied criminal law. And I always wanted to be a fashion designer, but oh, I just was never allowed to because there's no money in it and people just do whatever brings obviously money. So it was like, okay, that's not a great choice because you're not going to be the next Valentino or Louis Vuitton. So my parents used to tell me that. So I'm like, okay, if I'm not going to be the next fashion designer, I'm not going to make any money. But that was always in my back head. So when I came to Australia, I actually the first time could do what I wanted to do. And that's how my brand started, which was called Votari back then, which was a clothing label, but it just, yeah, it didn't work out. It was just too much investment. The market is just so many clothing labels out there. And then when lockdown happened, I was so bored and I'm someone I can't just sit at home. It's so bad for me, especially other people telling me what to do. Anyways, I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, oh, let's do fragrances. I was so bored. Mm -hmm. And I had this vision of, oh, being the next big fragrance bread and everyone is wearing it. It was funny, but it kept me going. So I'm like, whatever, let's just do it. So I created one fragrance and it sold out. Um, and then people started asking, do you have spicy fragrances, oh, fresh, like fruity, floral, whatever. I'm like, oh, there's actually money in this. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. I started researching and I came out with another four fragrances. Everything was fine. And then it's not it stopped, but you want to have a bit more than what you made before. And if it's kind of always the same or a little bit less, it's like, okay, this brand is going nowhere. 
And back then I had Jesus, I had God already and I was spending time with him, but um, I didn't have the Holy Spirit mm. or I think I didn't have it. I mean, I didn't have my baptism and I knew Jesus and God, but I was like, I don't need community. I don't need to go to church. Those people are weed. I don't want to spend time with them. They look at me like I don't belong to it. Mm. And they only talk about God and Jesus. And I was like, bro, they're still alive. Like I'm still living. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, it doesn't matter what you say. You're like, oh, I have a bad day. Oh, pray to God. Well, I still have a bad day. <laughs> so it was really hard at the start to find a church where people are still having normal earthly conversations. Yeah. Well, the church I've been introduced to, not that it's the church's fault anyways, it's just us how we obviously live out our faith. Mm. And because I had a few bad, um, not bad, just um, experiences that didn't fit with me, I said, you know what, just God and me is enough. I don't need church. It's a waste of time. I can do better things on my Sunday instead of driving in and out and don't get nothing out of it. Mm. Anyways, because I was doing that, I think my relationship was really shallow with God. It was like I was reading the Bible but not understanding the Bible. Mm-hmm. I was reading but my head was already thinking of, oh, what am I going to eat after? Because once I was done, I remember closing the book each time and being like, you now thought while you were reading the whole time about your day, how was it going to be? Because if I was just reading the Bible, I could not understand what it's talking. Mm. So I remember me always calling my friend from Germany who actually introduced me to Jesus and saying, what, like, how do you understand the Bible? It gets boring after a while because I don't understand. And she was keep saying, you need the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, but when do you receive the Holy Spirit? Like, is it like a course you have to qualify for? Like, what do you have to do? (laughs) And she's like, I think you have to get baptized. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was really amazing. So I'm like, where do you get baptized? She's like, probably a church. And I was thinking of the baptisms that I went to, as in christenings. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm way too big for this little thing to yeah. take me in. Like, how are you going to put me into this? And then I was asking people when I was at christenings, when I was at christenings, saying, wait, hold on a minute. You asked me for my brand. Where did we went right now? <laughs> no, I, I cannot it. believe. I, I was it. just thinking, he said, tell us about Bible and I'm talking about <laughs> baptism in a little sink. No, wait. <laughs> okay, should I go back to you? Can cut this, yeah? No, that's all no, right. No, this Let's is great. Okay, we want this. Okay, okay. And then um, I was asking people because when they have christenings, there's like three, four families. Mm. I'm like, but who's going to hold me? Like, it's so weird. Who's going to be my godmother and my godfather? You know, you get the (laughs) certificate. It was just too much that I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, God will make it happen because I didn't, I wasn't really into it. I just said, whatever, God will make it happen whenever. And he actually did. Praise the Lord. So beautiful. So you said the Lord really moved and really pushed this business. Um, to a different level, right, um, which is fantastic. Um, and you're in stores at the moment or? Not now but next month. Fantastic. Yes, I'm going to be stocked Australia-wide. That's so good. So, yeah. And that's all, and that's all God's, God's all. work. Oh, absolutely it? all. I had this revelation and this revelation was that I was, it was recently my birthday and I was blessed. And when I say I was blessed, I mean um, just some people like they, they gave me a couple of cards, some envelopes, and there was some money in there. And I'm not working full time. Um, this is my full time gig. Um, we've got the journal code and we've got the podcast. And 
um, I just felt, I felt the Lord speak to me and I just, I said, thanks. And I, I, I felt it in my spirit that was, because we just went out for a dinner, right? So when I say, let's go out for a dinner, it's for my birthday, I'll cut a cake. There's no real point to bring anyone like a card with any money or, or anything like that, you know, there's just, there's, there's not, and it's nice to receive that obviously, but I mean, you're just going out for dinner, just come for dinner, it's real casual, you know, I'm going to cut a cake, it's my birthday. It wasn't like a milestone birthday or anything like that. And I felt, I said, thank you to the Lord, and I felt the Lord say, it's provision. And more so to the fact was this, the Lord said to me that I am a labourer in his kingdom. And I want to bring it to this, right? And I was saying, I was having this conversation um, with Kemble, and it was like, how much do you think someone gets paid at Kmart? How much? Let's have this conversation now. 23 per hour. 23 per hour? Okay. Does, do you, does anyone know what, do you guys know who Ernest and Young is or, or Deloitte's? They're a massive like accounting firm. They're on the stock exchange. If you're like a general manager of a division of Deloitte's or Ernest and Young, how much do you think you would get paid? Over half a million a year. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I felt, I felt the Lord take me through this journey and then say to me, how much do you think you should be paid from when you work for the King of Kings? Mm. Wow. And this is like... How good is that? This was amazing. Yep. The Lord just said to me, you are a labourer for the kingdom of God. You work for me. You're employed. You have been... You're a manager. You're the manager. You are the manager. Yes. Right? And you're the manager of people. So we're youth pastors. So we are man- managers of people, right, under his church, mm-hmm. under his umbrella, right? And of course... The Lord wants to bless us, right? The difference between Deloitte's and the difference between um, Ernest and Young is they have a limitation. Mm. They have a mm-hmm. cap on mm-hmm. what they can pay you. There's no limitation to God. Yes. There's absolutely no limitation mm. to God, good. right? Mm. This is why you can sign a contract, Sophia, right, for, for millions of dollars, yes. right, and have your brand worldwide because yes. there's no limitation on God. Mm-mm. And when you're a kingdom builder, when you work for the king of king, king of kings, the lord of lords, yes. the alpha and the omega, mm. right, there's just there's no... There's no end to no, what he not. can bless you. Mm, amen. You know, Ernest and Young can pay you half a million. God will just say, here's two million. Mm. Right? Mm. And he can do that. And this is, this is the thing. When you say it's his company, it's for him, I'm just a manager, I'm mm. just an employee, this was the revelation I got literally yesterday. And it's all by faith, right? Mm. You can know this. And that's what activates it as well mm. because we all can have what I have. That's, that's right. right. Everyone is like, oh, but everyone has different needs and different wants. So you're telling me that uh, someone wouldn't want to have just three million if God was to say, here, have it. They're going to be like, no, I don't want it. No, thank you. That's why I ask for whatever I can ask for. And people are like, oh, but as a Christian, you shouldn't ask for a $400,000 car. But who said that? Mm. This is created. Mm. I'm here on earth. God placed me here. And there's all those beautiful things made for me and us, for his children. Why wouldn't I ask for it? That's right. It's the heart condition. I'm not asking for it to do something bad, obviously. That's right. But if I want to be blessed with it in his timing, and if he doesn't want to, that's fine. But asking, we are here to ask. 
You have not because you ask not. I want to ask. And if I receive it, great. And if I don't receive it, also great. That's right. Like it's like there is no, oh, God is any bad if I don't get it because he should give it to me instead of someone else because I'm his children and they are not. We're all his children. That's right. Some are still sleeping, others are awake. It's like that. Come on, God. And if this car is going to bring someone else being like, how did you get that? I want to have it and I can share it through that. Mm. Why not? It's just, yeah, it's, oh, I'm going to ask for everything. Whatever comes to my mind, I'm going to ask for it because I know that God will give it to me. Amen. I believe that we ask, what we ask for is too small. That's what I believe. We don't ask for big things. And there's no, because there's no faith behind it. That's wrong. But I, I've been always asking for it. But the moment I genuinely believed what I asked for, and I'm talking about this 100% belief, I don't know, it just feels weird. And I'm not even, when I say this, I don't think about no one else besides myself. I genuinely believe for myself, God wants to give me everything that this, whatever is in this world, for me to have a grip on it if I wanted to, as long as my heart is on the right place. That's right. As long as I know where I'm from, who I'm from, where I'm going. Yes. So to me, there is no limitations because I know that God wants me to be happy and have all these blessings. I know that. I just know it. And it's such a weird feeling when others are like, oh, but I don't know if God wants that for me. But why? Mm. Why do you let this little lie get into your head Mm. to make you feel like any less to ask for something because it has, again, something to do with money? Why? Mm. I want to... I want to just I, I want to say something. There's the story of the prodigal son, right? And it's and it's a double-edged sword. This story. So the prodigal son takes his inheritance, he goes away, and then he burns it all up. He comes back, right? And he says, even if I'm a servant in my dad's house, it's better than what I'm what, what I'm being here, right? The guy's dead broke. He's flat out broke, mm-hmm. right? So he comes back. His father runs, he picks up his tunic, he runs after him, he grabs him, he hugs him, he goes, get him a robe, cut the lamb, cut the fattest calf, I think it is, <laughs> paraphrasing, and give him a ring and let's celebrate today. The older brother forgets. This is the point. The older brother forgets that his dad has wealth. His dad has it all. And it's for the taking for him. Right? But he's not asking his dad. He said, the father turned around and says, everything that I have is yours. Mm. You know, why are you upset that we're doing this for your brother? You could have this anytime you want. Mm. But he hasn't asked. He's in the mindset mm-hmm. of, oh, I shouldn't maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's I, good. I, I can't maybe. You know? Mm-hmm. I want to know any prince, I want to know any son of a king broke, you ever seen a royal family broke? No. Descendants of I'm descendant of a royal family. I'm the son of of this king, but I'm broke. Why, bro? Why are you broke? <laughs> Your father is the king of kings, the lord of lords. Why are you broke, mate? Yes. You are a labourer. Receive it. Receive the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Believe it. It is yours. Yes. You know, and everything's by faith. Right? You're saved by faith. Yes. Because you believe. Yes. You are healed by faith because you believe. It's not because you picked up something or you mm. went to the shop and mm. you go, oh, okay, I'll pay $100, I'll get this ticket and that gets me to heaven. No, you do nothing, mate. You just need to believe. That's yes. faith. Mm. Having faith is yes. believing, you know. And if you believe that you are a labourer 
for the King of Kings. And he has employed you. He has entrusted you. He has said to you, go and make disciples. Go and do my kingdom work. Yes, of course he's going to pay you, man. And he's going to pay you well. Why? Because there's no limitations to (laughs) the Lord. Amen. Absolutely. That's Amen. so good. That's me. And that's how I feel. It's literally how I feel. Come on. I think when we take the ownership off us mm. and it's not ours, when we realise that nothing here mm. belongs to us. Yes. We're not going to heaven with any possessions. Mm-hmm. We don't, this isn't our home. We're just travelling through earth. Heaven's our home. Nothing belongs to us. It's mm-hmm. all his. Then we come to him in a place of humility. Absolutely. We realise it's not ours, it's his, mm. and we offer it to him, yes. everything we have. He will only multiply it. Amen. I think about that story with that young boy and the basket with the fish and the loaves of bread. Mm, crazy. That's all he had. That would belong to his family. But he actually, he gave it to Jesus mm-hmm. as, if, as if it was he belonged to Jesus and not to him. He surrendered that. And the Lord just multiplied and gave it in Come return on. because he did not take ownership over that food. Mm-hmm. He's just amazing. And I think, I think that's what it's about. Yes, we have finances, we have money, we have possessions and God wants to bless us abundantly. Yes. But Amen. it all comes back to it's not ours, it's his. Yes. Mm. And we're using these assets, we're using these possessions, we're using these finances, of course, to live a comfortable life but most importantly, to invest in the kingdom of God, like yes. you're doing, Sophia. Mm. You're a kingdom builder, which means that you're building yes. the kingdom of God mm. with your fragrances. And the Lord knows that. Mm. So he's just going to pour his blessing yes. out on it. Mm. Amen. And yes, I believe that. You're the, you're the woman with the alabaster jar, man. Yes, You're literally. breaking that fragrance, man, on the feet of Jesus. Come on. That just came to me, man. That just came to me. Yes, I don't even think I that. feel like, man, are we going to operate in the prophetic right now? I'm going to do it right now. Go, this is the go. word for you. You're that woman. You're the woman with the perfume and with the fragrance that is very expensive. Mm. And that's your wealth. But you don't care about the wealth, Sophia. You're ready to break that down. You're ready to smash that jar and you're ready to anoint the king of kings' feet. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You're ready to give it back to him. They say that that jar was worth a year's worth of wages, Mm. right? You're ready to break that and give it all back to the king. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, and I just just feel that word coming for you right now, you know. Keep doing what you're doing, Mm. you know. You're the lady with the fragrance, man. You're the lady pouring the oil, the fragrant oil mm. on Jesus' feet, washing his feet. Yes, you know? thank you, Lord. Oh, I can feel the presence of Come the Holy on. Spirit. So Come on. I feel like I'm going to yeah, cry. So I guess. Oh, shall, we, shall we get into the story? Yeah, I think on. listeners want to hear Sophia's story. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm okay, give us a bit of background. When did you first hear about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And, I think, and when was your first encounter? Mm-hmm. Let's go there. All right, so. I knew always about Jesus. I grew up in a really religious family. Um, My background is um, Turkish, so I grew up in a Muslim family and Jesus was always a part of it, I think. Not I think, I know, but just not um, a significant person. It was just a prophet. That was crazy. Um, And he thought he's God, that's all. Um, So, yeah, I always knew about Jesus, but we don't pay much attention to Jesus. We don't talk about him much because he's not God or, like, in that belief, he's not God. He's just a prophet. And that's pretty much it. So I always knew about Jesus. And I always had a little bit thoughts here and there, especially mm. 
God, you are so good, Lord. I can't. Whew, you are so good. Um, you know when you feel like it's a one-way relationship? No, you probably don't because you believe in Jesus since always. But, but oh, no, no, you don't. No. Yes. You know when you talk to your God, whichever you God to talk to because Allah was my God, and you feel like he's not talking back. Mm. And when you need it the most and you're like, God, why? Sometimes I always had the thought of, Maybe there is something about Jesus. Maybe my God is not real. Maybe this whole Muhammad stuff, maybe, like just a little maybe, just to give you a little bit more of a, you know, maybe there's more. But then you would straight away shut it down because it's a sin. Mm. Like even to have those thoughts because I'm literally denying my God because I think a human could be a God. So it's like you don't even think of it. But also the revelation is not there. When you hear Christians talk about um, son of God, you feel like, well, I'm the daughter of God, so what? You're literally thinking of a physical son that we think about yes. and you're like, oh, God can't have sex, so how is he going to have a child? Yeah, you, you know, you make jokes about it and you think, oh, they're just all crazy because if mm. someone thinks that God can have one son, then there must be... That was the other part which was then always bringing me back to, okay, it probably can't be real because God is everywhere, like... It just, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I always knew from him. One second. Okay. I think God used my lowest point. I know. I always say I think I know that. God used my lowest point in life, which it was after my divorce. So I married pretty young because that's what we do. You want to do what you see your parents are doing or your surrounding, which is marry early, have kids, be a good housewife and yada, yada. I think God used that point where... So I got divorced from my husband. It was a really abusive relationship. I was abusive too, not just him. So we were both abusive to each other. So how old were you when you got married? 18. 18. I met him with 15. I married with 18. And it lasted till about I was 23. And uh, the mom actually dropped me back off at home, which was great because in my culture, you don't just pack your stuff and leave. Like the parents kind of sought that out, which was so amazing. Like I was so upset back then, but looking back, it was the biggest blessings. I was mm. just so relieved. And I think God started working from then onwards because I had a really low point. And I remember my my mom were my mom was taking me to um, Hojas, which is like the priest in Turkish. Mm -hmm. And they were preparing me a bottle of waters with um, Quran verses. So the, the paper needs to dissolve in that water and then you drink it. It kind of brings the demons out of you. Like weed, weed stuff they do. So the Quran they goes take, in the water. Correct. They, take, they write um, papers with Quran verses. Okay. They put it into the water. You have to wait till the water gets, till the paper gets kind of dissolved in the water. Then you drink it so you get kind of cleansed from inside so you're, with you're all the spirits you have. The correct. Right. Correct. Right. So I remember all this happening and I remember oh, me sitting on. there. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just need to ask a question. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know, this is a pretty serious thing. No, go ahead. Do you, so the, the, the papers like disintegrated, so there's floaties in there and you drink it. Correct, with the you floating drink the paper. paper. Correct. And the ink. Correct. Interesting, okay. Yes, everything, no, yes. That's, that's interesting. I and need I to remember know sitting Sorry, there. <laughs> I remember sitting there and the priest, like they read stuff over you and they all on your face, blowing into your face. And you just sit there and be like, is this life? Like, is this is what it's about? 
you sit there and you question everything because it just seems like a circus all along. And you have to believe in it because that's that's the only truth that you know. But then there's another side which is like, you are just the same as me. What are you going to do? Mm. Like, I can blow on myself. Like, really, really. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God took me out of it. He brought me to Bali. My, one of my friends were, was studying outside six-month study in Bali. Mm-hmm. She's like, why don't you come and just have a break? Your study is done. You just got divorced. Everything is getting too much at home. All the people are talking. Shame to the family. Because you're Turkish, you got divorced. Oh, what a bad thing. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. And you have to deal with it because you're the black sheep in the family. I was always a bit different than anyone else. I was always a rebel. I was always doing things I shouldn't do. I was, yeah, I was always trying to fight against, don't tell me what to do. Just don't tell me what to do. Mm. I will do what I want to do. Even if I don't want to do it because you said don't do it, I will do it. Like it was just something inside of me. I think it was just anger built up and just the way we live and the culture and the people, just everything. I went to Bali and I wasn't interested in no one. I just wanted to have a break surround myself with people that have less and are more happier, just grounding and all that sort of things because you're trying to find the truth. So you're like, okay, is it yoga? Is it, what is it? Like, I have to find myself. Let's meditate. Let's whatever. You just try to find yourself. I met a guy again and I thought this guy's going to save my life. He was good looking. (laughs) He was from Melbourne. He had money. I'm like, ooh, let's go. Build a new life far away from home. You can do whatever you want. No one can tell you what to do. Your parents are not watching over your shoulder. I packed my stuff and not even to... So I came home. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go six months. I packed all my stuff and thought, okay, this is going (laughs) to... And it was. Thank you, Jesus. I'm like, this move is going to be... It's going to change my life. And it did, but not the way I thought it will. Mm -hmm. I arrived in Australia. Lord... (laughs) The guy didn't even pick me up from the airport. (laughs) And God was laughing. I was crying. He's like, bro, did you really come from Oregon? He stood you up. (laughs) He stood you up. He was engaged. I didn't know. I met him on his backs. Backs party. On his backs party. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know. But I did my research. Obviously, there I am. Freshly qualified. I found out where he lives, his parents, his sisters, everything. He did a story. Like a psycho. He thought I'm the police. And I'm like, why would you think I'm the police? He was obviously running for it for a reason. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Anyways, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay. I was so hardworking, but I also didn't want to go home because my mom is like, you will be back in two weeks. I'm like, I don't want them to be right all the time in my life. All the time they say something, they turn out to be right. And then I have to listen to it for another five years. Yeah. Remember that time I told you? And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't going back. Rather sleep at the train station. No. <laughs> Because I had a feeling, and that's again God. I know today that this was all along God. Mm. I thought, what if he doesn't pick you up? But the chances were 1%. So I already organized myself a live-in family as a au pair, as a live-in au pair, culture exchange. You stay oh, at yes. their place, you look at their children, you get a little bit of a pocket money, but you have a safe space to stay. Yes. I told them I'm going to start on Monday because if the weekend was fine with him, I was just going to cancel that job. Lord, you are so amazing. He didn't pick me up. So I called the family and said, my plans are changed. Can you please pick me up? Because I can't even speak English. 
Like everything has to go through Google Translate. I couldn't speak English when I arrived in Australia. You didn't speak English no. at all? No. Ah, oh, what's your name? What's my name? That's it. And oh, they how were, are you? Were they a Turkish family? No, they were actually from here. But because we had Google Translate and I was really good at cooking, cleaning, whatever, I'm like, I can just look after the kids. Kids are good with me. I can cook. I can clean. So I'm just going to do what I'm used to from back at home anyways and learn the language. So I started learning English with the kids and I just, that was all along God. I would have never stayed here, man. I can't even speak the language. What are you going to do far away from home? You're not even enjoying the country. You can't get around people. You can't have conversations. Why are you here? Especially this is God. My family or anything. Nothing. You know? yeah. And I'm not that type, like I would uh, backpack and just travel all to the end of the world. If you're in Europe and you have it good and all the beautiful countries are around you, what are you going to do in Australia? Watch the kangaroos. <laughs> like there was no reason why I should have been here as a backpacker. Anyways, that was all God. So now looking back, I'm like, wow, God. Because God made me want to stay without even having a reason to stay. Yeah. Mm. I could have just booked and went, but he was like, no, nah, you have to be here because you have to fight me. Come on. And I was so upset for three months. I couldn't speak. I was crying. I was depressed. I'm like, what is life for? Like, if we're going to go one day, why are we here at all? What's the whole point mm. of being upset, depressed, no love, always fighting for something, if it's a better position, if it's a better house, if it's a better person, if it's whatever? And I usually get pretty sick of people pretty quick. So I'm like, if I have to change my partner every six years, go through divorce every six years, what is this? <laughs> and he was probably thinking, this one, she still doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but and you were I'm, searching. You were searching for your yes, purpose. Yes, for something. Yep. Um, I started my farm work. When I started my farm work, I found my partner. I your farm Patty. work. Mm, I had to do my farm work to get my second year to stay in Australia. Okay. So like strawberry picking or something? I did uh, cotton mulching. So I was in a tractor. I was mulching cotton. Horrible, horrible. I was... (laughs) I'm trying to picture that. Because if you go deep (laughs) with the tractor, the mud gets stuck. So you have to lay under the tractor to get the mud out. And the cotton farm is full of spiders. And I am so scared of spiders. So So I was with a mate. (laughs) Oh, you are. You don't look like at all. Yeah, I'm terrified of spiders. I'm so bad. Please, God, take this away. You know why she chose cotton? It's the whole fashion thing in it. <laughs> it's the whole fashion thing in it. No, it was the best paid one, man. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just like, don't worry about the fruit, the cotton. I'll take right the spiders. Up. I did everything, not just that. I did broccoli as well. But I was with a mate. So a mate travelled with me, which was amazing, but because I was so heartbroken and couldn't speak English, he stayed. He said, you know what, let me start my travel in Melbourne. By that time you can recover from your heartbreak before I move on. So we just ended up both doing the farm work, which was amazing because it also was great traveling. I did um, apple picking for three days and then my back was like, nah, this is absolutely not something I will do. I did broccoli packing, which was also bad because my hands were like all split open. It's actually hard doing farm work. So anyone out there who wants to come do a farm work, you know, now, now you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my last job was amazing. I found program. Uh, it's a construction uh, farm. I was putting solar panels on. It was oh, a wow. solar panel farm, which was really amazing. So you're not scared of heights? No, you didn't have to be high. It's on the floor. Where you stand, you put the panels on. Oh, okay. It's like a farm with it's like heavy lifting. panels. Correct. But thank you, Lord. I think I was really good at what I was doing. I was the site manager. Oh, great. So wow. I was just walking around and driving around in the truck and getting 47 an hour. I'm like... 
wow, life is actually not that bad. It's more than Kmart. <laughs> yeah, God wanted me to stay, so he had to give me some money. <laughs> no, <laughs> be like, how can I keep this girl here? No. Um, I met Patty, so I, I knew I'm going to stay anyways. After I came back from my farm work, again, trying to find, you know, um, be back in Melbourne and just the whole daily life, starting again as a nanny or getting a full-time job, I was getting really depressed. For some reason, it started hitting me, being far away from home, different culture, everything is so laid back, easy going. You're always too much for people here. If you're from Europe and you have that European culture, especially someone like me, it's so hard to find a way. Even own circle, you're meeting girls, they have already the girls' groups and it's so hard to let a new girl in and then you don't have friends and then you're too loud and you're too this, you're too dramatic. Too, everything was always too much for the Australian people. And I was getting really depressed. I didn't have my family here. I didn't have any friends Paddy was copying it all the time, which he didn't want to either because he's my partner. He's not mm. my mother. He's not my father. He's not my best... Like, he's my best friend, but everyone still has their own friends where you can still do your own thing, mm. which I never had. So I was getting really depressed and I never knew what it means to be depressed till then. Mm. And I remember walking up and down the streets and being like, God, like, where are you? Where are you? Where have you ever been? Like, I tried so hard. I did everything I could do. I tried to serve you. I tried to do as much as I could what the book tells me to do, as in the Quran. Um, you know, I tried to teach others about it. I just tried to do... I always felt like I was... And that's also another good thing. But I always felt like I did more than the rest, but the rest who had more than I do. Mm. If it's peace, if it's love, if it's whatever. And I'm like, why am I doing this all for if I'm not going to get you rewarded like you for missing it? out. Yes, it was like I'm doing it all for nothing because it's a one-way relationship. There's mm. nothing real about it. So you taught the Quran. Correct, yes. How long did you teach the Quran for? Uh, oh, probably probably my whole life, some sort of, because I grew up with it. Like I remember me praying as a little child on the, however you call it, the mat in English, the praying mat. So my grandma was praying and I was next to her just acting like it. So I started really young because I grew up with my grandparents mm -hmm. as my parents were working. Mm -hmm. So I remember myself since always being in the mosque. School holidays, sleeping in the mosque, weekends in the mosque if there's nothing on. So that's how I started learning. And then if you reach a certain age, now you take on the little ones and you do the same. Mm -hmm. And it's like a circle. And then whoever you teach, they grow up and then they teach the little ones and so on. So most of my free time was always in the mosque and with the people in the mosque. Mm -hmm. um, so and you I were was teaching always... just women, is that right? Correct, yeah. yeah, all little boys, like little kids, yeah. not like the eldest because there will be then someone else who is older than me, like a priest, pastor, whatever, Haja Hoja. They teach the elder people and then okay. it's like men and women are separated anyways. Mm -hmm. But um, in my mosque school, the kids were sleeping there, so we were all sleeping on the floor, um, all in one room. And this is all I remember growing up. So I was like, I actually did everything that I could do and I really did it wholeheartedly. I always, I never did it because I've, no, that's a lie. I always felt a little bit forced to it, but I also knew that this is my culture. Like this is what we believe in and this is what God wants. And sometimes you don't want to do what God tells you to do. So you have to push through it. That was mm. always my mindset. But I just hit a really rock bottom and I was like, God, like I feel like you never show up. I feel like it's always me, but never you. And um, and that's so funny because, oh, God, oh, 
He's just so amazing. I stopped talking with one of my friends from back at home. She was Christian and it was getting too much because everything was about Christianity. And I feel like she respected me being Muslim, but I think she was at that point in her belief where she's like, it is what it is. Now I understand, yep. but I didn't back then. So we drifted apart because, you know, two different, complete different cultures and she was getting really hardcore Christian and I'm like, oh, that's a bit crazy. Anyways, <laughs> God put her back into my life randomly. In my time when I was depressed, I'm asking God to show up. And I remember me just praying to God, not Allah, just saying God. Come on. Not any, you know, because God is God. That's, That's what right. I learned anyway. So I'm like, let's just say God, because God in German is God. Mm-hmm. So I say God, and that means any kind of God. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel too bad because I was still praying to God, but not specifically Allah. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina got in touch with me. She's like, God put you in my heart. And I was like, well, at least someone's God is working because mine ain't. (laughs) Literally. And then we were talking. She's like, how are you? And you obviously pretend like everything is fine. I'm like, yeah, life is amazing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's suicidal thoughts yesterday, but that's fine. Um... We were talking and then I thought, you know what? There's nothing to lose. What is she going to do? Go and tell who. I'm not even back at home anymore. I don't care. And I'm like, life is actually not that great. I feel like my God is not working. Like, I don't know. It just feels so weird. It feels like something is off. Mm. She's like, how about I send you the Bible? Because we had an agreement back then. She's not going to talk with me about her God. I'm not going to talk with her about mine because it's disrespectful. That's why we also won't fight because I was a fighter. If someone is Christian and says anything about my my God, I will hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I don't care because my God doesn't care if I hurt you. So we had an agreement. You don't, I don't. We just love each other as persons, but no God talking, no Jesus or Muhammad. Just leave it completely out. And that was again God because she's like, I want to send you my Bible. And I'm like, I don't know if I will read it, but send it. It's fine. Send it. It's fine. It can just be here and I will think about it. She's like, your book came from our book. Like most of them is the same. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, the Quran has most of them is copied from the Bible and then at some point turned around. And I'm like, I can't say nothing back because I never read the Torah or anything, but I'm thinking to myself, this girl is getting on my nerves. What do you mean we copied you, brother? Like this can't be. I'm over, I'm over 20 years old. What do you mean? We original. And I felt like this pride and this. But then to the other side being like, what if this is the truth? Yeah. What if this was all along a lie? What if there is light? What if there is something you can hold on to? Oh, Lord. Okay. She sent me the Bible. And we've been talking about this. And before she sent me the Bible, that's also funny. I had my birthday and Patty is keep asking me, what do you want for your birthday? A Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Bible. Give me a Bible. (laughs) I should have done that. No, I wanted to have a cross necklace. Like what? Oh. Oh. Yes. I find, I always found like that this cross necklace looks so good. And because he's Christian and I wasn't, I was like, whatever, that just impress him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, my parents are not here and it's just a necklace. I don't really believe in it. So God won't be upset. Let's just do it. So he got me a cross necklace with a cross bracelet because I really wanted it. And then I put it on and I remember looking into the mirror and being like, 
do you feel bad? Like, is it a sin? Will I go to hell for it? And I didn't have any bad feelings about it. I was like, oh, God knows my heart. I don't believe in it anyways. It's just a necklace. Let's just go with it. So I never took that necklace off and it was in August. I received the Bible in February. Wow. The following year. I remember opening up the Bible and the Bible arrived, obviously me being in my depressed stage again, like it was like this. And that was when it was again here. And I'm like, why did the Bible arrive now? And I try to look into it as in, is this something, blah, blah, blah. And I sit there and it's a brown Bible. It has a cross on top of it. And I'm like, what if I just open the first page? Mm. Just the first page and then you can close it anyways. You don't have to read. But I'm dealing with all sorts of feeling guilt, ashamed. Is it wrong? Will I go to hell? What what will happen? Mm. Like, what? What will God do to me if I open this book? And then I was like, whatever, I can just ask for repentance, whatever. I will just pray five times a day, blah, 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 and it will be fine. I sit there. My heart is already racing because you know you're doing something you shouldn't. You're not allowed to. You're doing something such a disgrace. You shouldn't. And I'm like, oh, my parents don't see, but God can see. But God's so much in my brain, I couldn't even tell you. All I know is I opened that first page. Oh, Jesus. My cross necklace broke on top of the cross. Oh, wow. So my cross necklace broke and fell on top of the cross. I was frozen. I was so scared. I was like, okay, yep. Um, We call it the three alphabets, which is the bad side. I'm like, okay, they are right now here. I'm going to be punished because I did something wrong. And this is God telling me it is wrong. That's why the cross necklace broke. Oh, So I'm still thinking that my God kind of tries to come through because this is the wrong thing I'm doing. By the time I wasn't frozen anymore, I ran out of that room screaming because I just wanted to hear someone's voice who's at home because I wanted to feel like safe. It just felt like, oh, the longest probably two minutes of my life. It was just so bad. Patty's like, is everything fine? And I couldn't even tell him what happened because what do you say? I opened the book, my necklace broke and I was scared. He's going to be like, hey. So you don't, you just choose not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, nah, everything is fine. I just, I don't know, something just came over me and I just felt so frightened. It took me a few days to process what it was and talking with my God being like, okay, he's not answering. So I'm talking to just God, not Allah. And then it's like, and then Christina's keep Working on me, obviously. She's calling me. Her name is Christina. Shout out to your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) She's actually going to watch that. She's like, how do you feel? Did you read the book? Did you open it at least? How do you feel? And I told her about it. She's like, that's the evil working against you because he doesn't want you to find the truth. I know what she's saying, but what she's saying has no hold on me because I'm like, bro, I'm telling you what happened and you're telling me the bad thing is here because he doesn't want you find to the truth while I'm still believing that my truth is the truth. Yes. Mm. And I'm like, let's just don't talk about it. Let's just see how it goes. I started praying to God, being like, God, if you are real, just reveal yourself to me. Mm. I'm so sick of it. I'm just so sick. Who is real? There's just so much going on from a fat person sitting there, whatever, if it's Buddha or not, naked and you have to touch him from, you know, all sorts of things from yoga, the sun god, the disc god. That, mm. There was just so many gods in my life at that time. Me trying to find the right god. Yeah. And if there's even a right god, maybe all of the gods are actually right to themselves. That's why we have all different gods. And I was like, whichever god is real at this stage, 
please, goldfish, whatever, just whatever. I just want to find the truth. Each time I went to bed, I was dreaming about the Bible. Me sitting down and reading the Bible in my dreams. And I'm like, is it now the, the evil trying to deceive me or is it actually the truth? Like, is it a dream of don't do it, it's bad, or is it a dream of do it? Because if you then Google a dream translation, it always gives you the opposite. <laughs> yes. Especially yes. the Turkish one. Oh, so bad. Don't even go there. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I just want to find out what's in there. I just want to know how much the Quran is actually copied from it. I just want to know what it's all about. So I started reading the Bible. I just sat down, I opened the book and I'm like, okay, I'm not disrespecting anyone. I just want to know for myself what it's all about. Did I understand? No. I was reading the Bible and it felt like I, I didn't know what I was reading. I'm like, it's too, and it was the easy version of Bible. And it just felt to me like a new language. Mm. I'm like, it's keep saying the son of God and it's talking about this. What is he actually talking about? So my friend Christina helped me a lot through this time because she was actually every day on the phone to me and we were reading it together and she was explaining what it means and not in human form because that's also reading normal, but like in my language, just Simple. normal talking, correct. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And I had so many questions. I was so into it. I was calling her all the time. I'm like, oh, I read this. What does this mean? And what would God do here? And it was just, and I'm, oh, she was so amazing. Thank you, God, for helping her because I feel like if someone would do that to me today, no, I mean, go for it, please. But I would feel drained. <laughs> Every day I wanted to talk about the Bible. And that was going on for three, four months. After three, four months, I, I hit a stage in my life where I was like, I can't understand it on my own. I always need someone to translate. How do other people understand this? Like, how is this even possible? Yep. And Christina keeps saying to me, you need the Holy Spirit. I'm like, but why wouldn't the Holy Spirit come to me? I want to know him. Like, it's not like I don't. So he's like, you need to be baptized. You have to be baptized so you can, you know. She was explaining me everything that we know now, you know, the sin nature. You have to leave it behind. You have to. But it wasn't making sense. Did you already say a repentance prayer? Did you make I Jesus did. your Lord and Savior on the phone with yes. her? So yes, you I did. did. You did that mm, I did. in the three months. Correct. In those three months, everything shifted. The things I was doing, it didn't felt right anymore. It didn't felt right doing the things with Patty that I used to do, which is off the world. I was feeling just so, uh, it just, I can't even explain that, that feeling of being so dirty and not even water can wash it away. Mm. Oh, it just, I can't even explain. Just that, yeah, I can't. And I had, I knew I had to change my lifestyle. Yeah. That was one thing which was holding on to me, my, the clothes I was wearing, the things I was doing, the places I was going. I didn't change like completely, but I wasn't doing the things I used to do that didn't sit right anymore so mm -hmm. I had to sit down with Patty and be like I actually can't live with you the way we used to anymore like I'm happy to be in a relationship but it has to be this way from now on and he didn't understand much but he loved me enough to say yes I guess mm -hmm. and he was like whatever let's just go with the flow maybe just a face and she will you know <laughs> it will just <laughs> go away because I'm always into something yeah uh, that was the first thing. And then I was like, God, please. And then, yes, I'm like, you know what, Jesus, let's go for it. Let's just try because I gave it a timeline. Because if Jesus won't work, I will go back to what I actually grew up with. Because if none of the gods work, what's the whole point? Mm. Changing your God, just stay with who you are. So I gave Jesus a time frame. So funny. I'm like, you have six months. 
to do something because if not, I will just leave it and it was great to know about you somewhat. That's a lot of time for Jesus. Absolutely. Six months, yes. a lot can happen in yes, six months. Yes, so much. And in this six months, I was just, wow, I was so hungry. Um, my family stopped talking to me because I was a disgrace and my brother was ashamed of me and, yeah, my mom was praying for me to find the truth. Um, so good I... Prayer. Good prayer. Yes. That was a good prayer. She was praying for you to find the truth. Correct. Well, in her prayer, it was to find the way back. Right. But okay. it was obviously, yeah, she, she thought I'm lost. She still loves me, obviously. She still thinks I'm lost. Um, I'm still praying for her. And, yeah, my family cut me off and I was like, yep, it's all worth it because the first time I felt peace, I never felt before. Yeah. And the first time it felt okay if I don't have no one as long as I have him because I felt like just that satisfaction, just that inner peace that no human ever could have, no, never I tried and it was only a short period when it was all fresh and new and all butterflies. And once this was gone, it was gone again. And you're chasing again something new to get that feeling of being worthy and being having a purpose and what's this all about. It was just all gone. And I'm like, you know what? It's so amazing. And then I did little things that encouraged me not to hide Jesus because at the start I was really not, yeah, scared, scared of men. Um, so I got a little cross tattoo on my neck because I'm like, people will see it. Mm-hmm. You will forget about it and they will know what you believe in. So they will say, oh, you believe in Jesus. So you can't say no anymore because you have a cross. So I just found little things that helped me just um, break that habit down off. I don't know. I still felt bad to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I felt, I don't know. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Even if I did, I, I couldn't say I believe in Jesus. So my cross tattoo was the first step in, in Thailand where I'm like, I'm going to get a cross tattoo somewhere I can't hide because you can see my neck mostly all the time. I'm going to get something little mm-hmm. because then when I speak to my brother, it's in their faces as well, which means don't talk about it. Just leave me. You know already what I believe in. And that gave me the courage to be like, okay, I believe actually in Jesus and that's fine. And if you don't, that's fine. That's fine. Let's just don't talk about it if you're not for it, but just leave me alone with what I believe in because this is my truth. I love that. That's so bold to get a yeah. tattoo of a mm. cross on your neck. It's probably not what he would tell me to do, but that no, was but what that, me. That is, that is a mm. push for your faith. Absolutely, That's yes. more for you. God, God can me. move mm. without the cross, of Absolutely. Course, but that's for you. Mm-hmm. And that's that evangelistic now. Mm. It's yes, not it just was. about you now. It's about other people, mm-hmm. right? Other people are going to look and they're going to question mm. And it, was, it wasn't even that, my thought. But, yeah, now it's like, wow, I could just, oh, I could just give me a bigger cross. I don't even care. It's like <laughs> You'll have one tattoo I on was literally, I was like ashamed of it back then because not knowing, feeling it's the truth, but still being a bit, you know, because the other side works on you as well, being so long with it. And now it's just like take everything away and I will... Oh, I will give everything away for him. Everything, whatever it is, my own mom, my dad, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I genuinely don't care. And it sounds probably so hard, but it's genuinely what I feel. Yeah. I could not care less. Whoever walks off, whoever comes, as long as I have him, I will be fine. And I was fine since then. That's so yeah. Good. So you gave Jesus six months. Yes. So what happened? In that six did, months, had, did he? How did he show up? Just the way I felt. Yeah. 
I was waking up and I wasn't feeling depressed mm. and I didn't have any doctors. I didn't have any tablets. And I was like, I feel so full of life. Just that joy sitting in my flo- front lounge room and opening up my Bible, even though I don't understand, it was just, oh, it was like I'm spending time with the most loved people in my life. Mm. And everyone, it felt like everyone is sitting around me and I'm not even alone because I was really scared to be alone. I was scared of being lonely. I was scared of death. Mm-hmm. I was scared of all those things and those things were gone. Wow. And I'm like, God, this must be you. This can't be no one else but you. Did he speak back to you? You said that you in felt like... In my head. Yes, he did. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yep. yes. In my head, I was speaking back to me in my head, but it felt like it's him, it's not me because I wasn't... I wasn't preparing to say something back. It was just happening. So it was actually really nice because I had this, I had my own little life and I started kind of, that was the bad part because it was so amazing and I didn't know much about God's word because I wasn't understanding it. If Christina wasn't translating or me listening, Joyce Meyer was really big for me. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from Joyce Meyer because I feel like she was speaking my language. Like she has that harsh voice and she's like that woman and I wanted to be that woman as well. And I'm like, yes, go, go girl. So I was listening to her podcast and it was encouraging me because she was speaking normal language, whatever she read from the Bible. And I was, I was still learning. It was the um, start of this whole beautiful journey, still learning, obviously, but it was just, I was so happy with being just with Jesus that I didn't want to have humans in my life anymore. Wow. I didn't want to be around no one. I didn't want to see people. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to socialize. It was just me and God. I didn't believe in you need a community, you need fellowship. I'm like, what for? They're all so different to me. Mm-hmm. They all, I feel always a little bit judged. It was mostly in my head probably because my appearance was different than others in the churches that I visited. So I'm like, no, just me and God is fine. I don't need all those people that are different to me. And that's fine what they do. And I'm happy to pray for them in my own time, but I don't need the community. And God started working on that because everyone that I was meeting was like, which church are you? Which church are you? Which church are you? I'm like, bro, can you just leave me with this church thing? Like I have Jesus. That's all that matters. Why do I have to go to a church if I'm the temple? And they're like, no, you need fellowship. Mm. Otherwise, you're just a finger. You're just a finger of the body. Like, you are nothing. Even though you feel so fulfilled, there's so much more. And you are not here for yourself. And I battled a little bit with that because I'm like, I'm not here for myself. Like, what does he want me to do? Like, I'm reading (laughs) in German. I don't even read in English because I don't understand what I read in English. With German, I already struggle. Which means I can't even preach the word here in Australia anyways. Like, I can't share with people what I read because I read it in German. So I was praying for God. I'm like, can you please make something happen that I can start reading in English so other people can have a use out of it? Mm-hmm. And then so much happened in between. I mean, that was five years. I found Jesus in 2018. I committed 2019 after February. February. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to him like, oh. And then 2019, 2021, 22, Yeah, it took me a few years. And I was praying for it. I'm like, God, can I find, can I find Christian friends that are normal? Like, can they be also still like to go out, still like to have one drink? And with that drink, the revelation is there now. It actually just recently happened. We had it in Bible college that we were talking about drinks. And I'm like, it's not that bad to drink. Like, I'm not getting drunk. If I have one drink, who cares? 
But then, yeah, talking about it and talking to Jesus, I still don't think he minds if I have a sip or whatever, if it's related to my work. I was a bartender. I was preparing drinks. I have to test them prior. So it was like everything hand in hand. But, yeah, definitely have a different um, revelation about this today. Anyways, I was like, can I find other people who believe in Jesus but still go out, still have a drink, still enjoy nightlife, go to beautiful places having dinner, come home at 11 instead of 8 o'clock and, you know, I have to be at home and I can't wear this top (laughs) Everything has to be closed. You can't see my throat. <laughs> like, I was just thinking it's just too much a little bit because of I was living so worldly and the people I met, they weren't. Yeah. So I started meeting Christians that were young and that still were living a normal, some sorts of life, but we were just a bit different because they grew up in a Christian household. So I started praying to God and saying, Lord, can you please bring me people who found Jesus Late on, like me. So they still can understand where I'm coming from. And then God sent me Natalie. Wow. Uh, I was at a tattoo... Sh- uh, w- my partner owned a tattoo studio. And look... Thank you, Jesus. Now talking about it, God gave the tattoo studio for Patty for this specific reason. Oh, because he didn't even had it for long and it's mm. now sold. Mm-hmm. It didn't even went good after that. I, f- I found like... Talking about it with other people and thinking it's like this tattoo studio had only one purpose. That was to bring me closer with other people that believe in God through this one spot. How random because I wasn't doing nothing anymore to meet people. Mm. Natalie came and the tattoo studio was called Sin City. (laughs) Tim was living upstairs and Tim knew Natalie. Natalie was on the way to get a tattoo. Anyways, random day, not planned. She wants to get a tattoo about Jesus. And Tim says, oh, this tattoo studio has a flash day. Come here. Natalie's like, which studio? He's like, Sin City. She's like, I'm not going to get tattooed at a studio which is called Sin City. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to get a tattoo. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Tim like, nah, just come support them. They're my friends. And is like, okay, let's do it. Let's, I will just come. But she didn't want to. Thank you, Jesus. God sent her there for me. It Mm -hmm. was all along for me. She arrived. I knew she's smoking, but I also knew she wants to have a Jesus tattoo because I was the person who were talking to customers. I'm like, what would you like to get done? And she showed me this beautiful picture cross and the cross is with all little sayings and, and scripture and Jesus, but it's a cross. It just has so many little things. And the only tattoo artist that could have done it was this girl. And this girl didn't want to do it because it's a religious tattoo. Mm. She's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. It's about Jesus. Like, I'm not going to post it on my social. Someone else can do it. And the person... Persecution. Straight up. No, literally. But no. The the only person after her was a guy and he wasn't good at fine line. And this tattoo needs to be fine line so it doesn't burst into each other, the colour. Right. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to tell her what she said. Because I'm here getting already angry, even though God doesn't want me to be angry. Like, who are you talking about God right now, bro? What do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, God, just please don't get angry, Sophia. Don't get angry. Because I still had, till to my baptism, I still was a really angry person. Like snapping really quickly, not mind hurting people who are against Jesus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I was the opposite for Jesus before I was this for Muslims. And I'm like to, because Patty had to organize, talk with the other guy while Natalie's not around. And because I knew Natalie is smoking, I'm like to Natalie, would you like to go outside and we have a smoke? So I can have a conversation with her and make friendship. 
we went outside and I'm like, oh, so you are a believer. She's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, oh, you seem so normal to me because the believers I met before were like literally in their own bubble. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, she's getting tattoos and she's smoking. That's so weird Mm -hmm. because the Christians I met before weren't doing any of it. So I'm like, okay, I can be friends with her. So I'm like, oh, can we go for dinner? I straight away wanted to organize dinner because I wanted to straight away be in contact because I'm really asking for Christian friends. And thank God she could actually, we actually met up that night for dinner in my area. Uh, Anyway, she got the tattoo. Everything was fine. We swapped numbers. And then, oh, I'm talking about, sorry, Natalie. I mean, you in my conversations. I hope you don't mind. Um, We catched up for dinner and we talked. She, She told me about her life. I told her about mine a little bit. And then all of a sudden she's like at my work, you know, I feel like God wants me to be at my work because a few people already find the Lord through us, us being there in this environment and they got baptized. I'm like, I want to be baptized. And I've been asking God, but it's so awkward because I'm like, oh, but how does your church baptize people if they're already older? Because the place you get baptized is so small. So small. (laughs) Who's going to be my godparents? Yes, like who's going to carry this girl? Like, (laughs) She's like, nah, there's a big pool in my church. I'm like, oh, that sounds like something I could do a bit more. I'm like, but are people watching you and how much do you pay for it? Because Catholic church, you pay for it. She's like, what do you mean pay? She's like, you don't pay nothing for it. You just, you know, you come to church, you want to be baptized, they baptize you. It's not like you have to pay something or have an appointment because I'm like, what days are available? Which days is already full? Like, (laughs) full on Politic. She thinks it's a, she's getting her nails done in a salon <laughs> <laughs> or her hair. How long is it going to take? Literally. Is that a blow wave and a cut as well? Or? It's like three people in one pool at the same time. Like, what's going on? And she's like, just come to my church, see how you go. And I was so excited. The first time I was excited and I remember after that dinner talking to God and being like, God, I'm so sorry I said I don't need this, but I actually enjoy this. Mm. Because I was like so done with searching churches and being in those churches and not getting nothing to myself, not getting nothing out of it, feeling like I wasted two hours now stuck in traffic. I could have done something better. That was always my thought. Not intentionally, but it was just happening what I was thinking. And that was the first time I went to a church and I felt normal. Wow. I'm like, oh, we don't have to sit around. We can stand and we at the front and I can just sing and I can close my eyes. And it was just so beautiful. It remind, it felt like so cool. I'm like, oh, it feels like a concert and what I see in America is going on. <laughs> so it felt like something so new and so many young people. Yeah. And they all, I felt like everyone, I felt like, oh, she's just like me or he's just like me. You know, if it's tattoos, if it's whatever they do, still those worldly things they do, yes, what whatever God says to each one of us, you shouldn't do this or whatever. I just felt like welcomed. I felt like normal having tattoos, normal to smoke. I don't, I didn't felt um, judged. I felt like, oh, I can still be myself and still love God and have a relationship with Jesus, even if I smoke. God still loves me in this community, even if I go out. And it's fine. And you are still my sister and you don't look weird at me if Mm -hmm. I have a dress on where you can see my whole back. Yeah. Because I was still dressing really revealing. I was still didn't have the conviction about to change my dressing. But I didn't feel dress, um, judged at that church. At Freedom Center. Shout out to Freedom Center. And it was just, yeah, I'm like, ooh, I can come to this church because it feels like I'm catching up with friends. Yeah, you feel accepted. Correct. Welcome. 
welcomed, yeah. Absolutely. The second week I got, no, two weeks I came and then the third week I'm like, I'm going to get baptized. Praise God, hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Jesus. It was so amazing because I knew I have to, to understand the Bible. I had to for any other things, but my thought back then was I want to understand what I'm reading and if I have to receive the Holy Spirit for it and if this is the way to get the Holy Spirit, let's just do it. I really want to understand the Bible. I want to know what God tells me besides other people telling me because they might be wrong and I have to check it in the book and I can't if I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, I got baptised again. When I got out of it, I'm like, oh, I feel normal. Like, is is it normal that I still feel like the same way I felt before? Um, and I, I didn't understand the Bible straight away either. It's not like I opened the Bible and it was like, oh, no. But, wow, my life changed since my baptism because my relationship with God changed. Oh. I think I was also holding myself back with, mm. oh, I need this further step. I didn't pay attention to heart condition first, relationship, and then the rest can follow. I was like, oh, God is not going to have a relationship with me if I'm not baptized. That was in my case, which I know today that this is not true. But I was like, oh, God can only be in my life if I'm baptized, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. I don't regret doing it, but I feel like you can have a – I know that you can have a relationship with God without being baptized. You don't need to be baptized tomorrow straight away if you want to be with Jesus. Yep. Jesus loves you no matter what. But this revelation and those things came afterwards. Yeah. The more I was learning and understanding his word, in my case, I couldn't understand his word without having the Holy Spirit. That was just something the Holy Spirit had to reveal to me, but I have to receive him for it. Yes. And my life changed and I didn't think it's going to get any better than what it was, (laughs) literally. (laughs) And it's just getting better and better. I even remember saying to God, God, you have to slow down because I don't know how to deal with it. It's so much that I actually get so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. that I now feel depressed because I'm overwhelmed (laughs) with that much blessings that I don't even know where to go, what to do. It's just too much happening at one time that I'm like, oh, I'm not even prepared for it. Where's the store for it? Where's the storage? Where are the workers? Where's the warehouse? Like everything, I don't have space. I don't have, it was way too much. And I'm like, wow, the God that we serve in doesn't matter what way, and that was just the start off and still till today and till the day I will, you know, leave this body here behind and depart. It's just like, wow, it's going to be an amazing life. It's literally going to be heaven on earth because I have a relationship with him. And it's so beautiful. Wow. So beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Can you imagine? Oh, crazy. It's just crazy. I love that. Heaven on earth. That's it. Literally. And we're waiting for it. We're waiting to go. Well, I was, when I was Muslim, I was waiting for the real life to start. And I was passing by, not enjoying all the gifts that God gave us because we have it now. Mm. It's Uh, now. Look, I can relate. I was a Christian for a period of time and I was waiting. I was waiting for Jesus to return so that way I could experience heaven. Mm -hmm. So that way I could experience everything God had promised Mm me. And I didn't even know as a Christian that I could experience it now. I didn't know that the relationship is now. Mm -hmm. It's for now. Mm -hmm. I think that revelation just blew my mind that I'm like, no, no, he wants this now. Like Toby said, you know, we are are daughters Mm -hmm. of the Most High King. Uh He's not withholding his his assets and his blessing Mm -hmm. until he returns. Mm -hmm. It's actually accessible all now. All of it. All of it. No, no, no. People actually think this is a joke. Everything is made for us. 
Yeah. For Jesus, obviously, yeah. But like, you know, it's just like it blows my mind that we put capacities on it. That's why God can't work because we put him into chains. Yes. God could do this, but uh, he probably wouldn't do this because that probably is not what God would want you. You know so much about God, don't you? <laughs> like it's just blows my mind how people, even when I say, oh, can you please pray for me and can we agree on God blessing my business with what? With money. Oh, but you are already rich in Christ. Sorry. I know that, but why can't we just... Some things, sometimes I feel like we're holding ourselves back. We're not asking for things because we feel like we shouldn't and money is so bad and we shouldn't ask for money or whatever comes from money. And I'm like, but why? Why don't you agree with this on me? Why are you telling me I'm rich in Christ? Uh, Absolutely, I am. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lord. But he wants me to be rich in every area. You know, know, if, if as Christians we hold to the fact of our inheritance um, being from from a king, a royal priesthood, right? Mm-hmm. We, if, all right, I'm going to say this. Go. If us Christians held most of the wealth in the world, we would do so much more. Absolutely, we amen. Would. The whole Western society, the reason why we have hospitals is because of Christianity. That's the truth, you know. That the whole system came because of Christians wanting to help people. You know, and that's just that's just a little taste of what Christians that. can do. That's a little mm. thing of what Christians can do, right? In the West, the whole Western culture, you know, of doctors and all these all these type of of of, of pharmacy and all this to help people has come from a, mm. a Christianity. You know, I just want to add the symbolism as well. Like, there's a symbol, yeah, and it's got a serpent. It's got the it. serpent and the cross, um, which is the symbol of when Moses, um, they were all they were all. He, he put he put up a cross with a snake. No, he, he put up and he said, look to the serpent. God said to look to the serpent and, and you'll be healed um, to the sign because they were, um, they were they, they had like um, lumps or measles or, or something. I think snakes came and bit them. Um, oh, gosh, I'm paraphrasing really, really bad here. <laughs> something happened in the wilderness. It was like a little plague or something, right? The Israelites got really sick. Um, I think they got bitten, they got swells and boils and stuff like that and they were complaining and God said, go and, and put on a post, a snake, and look to it and they will be healed through faith. Mm. Again, this is the thing about faith, right? Which is crazy. And this is believing. Mm-hmm. They know? look at it, they are healed, and now that is the symbolism mm-hmm. for many hospitals. Yeah, absolutely. Paramedics, they use that. So it started on on Christian yeah. Beliefs. The whole hospital system. You can't tithe. You can't offer without money. God doesn't need our money. No, That's absolutely the truth. not. He doesn't need our money, Mm-mm. right? He's not like, hey, I've got to pay the gas bill. Yes. Can you guys just tithe? He's not. I know. He doesn't care about that. He just wants to see where your heart is. Yes. And if your heart is to help people, yeah, of course it's going to take money. Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that's why people say, oh, I don't know why, but, um, you know, we were... I'll give you a quick story. There's actually a, um, he was a Persian guy, um, grown up Muslim, right? Well, out on the street, Susan and I, Susan was like nine months pregnant. Um, she was about to pop and we're going up and down Swanson Street, giving out um, part of uh, the Agape ministry now in our church. Um, giving out clothes. We're giving out clothes. And some guy comes up and he's like, excuse me, how do we donate? I said, oh, what do you mean? He says, oh, you guys are giving out stuff. How do we donate? I said, look, 
I said, they're just normal people, man. I said, you can grab clothes, just go out and give it to them. And I said, do you know why we do this? He says, well, I said, because of Jesus. Do you know about Jesus? And he says, oh, you know, I grew up in a Muslim home, very religious, so I've kind of, I don't want to know about religion anymore. And I, and I gave him the gospel. I just said to him, hey, look, man, every day we try and be good, right? I said, but we all fall short. We always make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And at the end, if we've got to stand before God with all our mistakes, we're guilty. He says, yeah. I said, but there's one thing that's great. God came, fully man, fully God, died on a cross so that if you believe in him, you'll not perish but have eternal life. Mm-hmm. So when you face the Father and you, you've got a bill there full of your sins, you look to Jesus and Jesus pays the debt. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lord. And I said, do you want to? Do you want to have? Do you want to encounter this? Do you want to encounter the God of the Universe? Do you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart? And he said to me, that makes so much sense. And he did. Him and his, his I think his him wife, and his wife yeah, accepted they Jesus. They both prayed in repentance. Night. They both, they both prayed into repentance. You know, that simple. They just heard the gospel. Very simple just language. So there was no Christian talk. There was no. Um, reading specifically from the Bible. Mm. Of course he was giving Bible references. He was just paraphrasing, but that's simple. And that's because simple we're gospel. out there, you know. We're out there doing God's work. Yes. We're out there caring for people. We're out there giving giving what mm-hmm. we don't need to people who need, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And as we give what we don't need to people who need, we can give people something which is salvation, you know. Yes. Mm. That comes through Jesus Christ mm. and Jesus Amen. Christ alone. You know, but that's that's an awesome testimony. Mm. But look, I guess just to wrap everything up, I've got one more question for yeah, our go. for our viewers, and that is, if someone's a Muslim or another religion, or maybe they're sitting on the fence, they're an atheist, or they're just wondering if there's a God, what happens mm. to about life after death? What's something you could say to our listeners, um, to that one person mm-hmm. who's kind of struggling or thinking? Um, what's one, one, one bit of advice mm. that you would like to give a future brother or sister yes. in Christ? Yes, it doesn't matter what belief. I think I would definitely pray to God, God itself, not any Jesus God, Muhammad God, whatever God, just God itself. I would pray to God and I would ask him to reveal himself to me if he is real. That's what I did. And give it a time frame. It doesn't have to be six months. If you feel like it can happen faster, do it a shorter term, but be also committed. Because in whatever relationship, it's never one way. Mm. So for me, it was like if I want him to do something, it has to be both ways. So I have to give something to receive something. I can't just sit there and be like, oh, you God, you can do whatever. Let's just do that. And I just do the most silly things. If you're in a relationship, your partner won't love you for long if you do the things you shouldn't do. So I, I saw it as a relationship. But the same it was with me with obviously my previous God. You had to do something to receive something. So I was already in that mindset. You have to do something to get something back. So for me, it was, yeah, just trying to have a relationship for six months to see what can he do that my God couldn't do. Mm. And it's easy to go back again. What is six months? If you're going to live another 40 years, what is really, really six months out of your life? Just to actually open up the gates because my life, I'm telling you right now, the blessings within myself, around myself, it just mind-blowing. And I, did, I didn't I did do nothing for it. Come on. That's the, that's the more craziest part. Imagine there's actually this magic. It's like a magic stick. It is. And it's like we have it. It's like magic. 
you just ask for it and you genuinely believe in what you ask and you receive him and it's just, it happens and it happens day by day by day. Whatever I ask for, I never really had anything that he says no. I had stuff where he says not yet mm-hmm. and not really have an answer why not, which then afterwards it made sense why. But there was never a moment that I ever had him saying no or not talking back to me. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely, I want no one to be lost. I really want, it's so beautiful that I want to share. I want to share this with someone. I want someone to find the truth and be set free. I want them to know there's someone greater than this doctor you're visiting. I want someone to know that there's someone greater than this person that you think is going to save your life. If it's this partner, if it's this position, if it's your parents, whatever this might be. And it's actually real. It's real. And I was such a proud Muslim. I was such a proud Muslim and I was so good in what I was doing. So good in word, in writing, in whatever this might be. So there must be something. If I if I even had that stage where I'm like, okay, there is something more. I feel it. Just try it out and then go back if it doesn't mm. work because I know it will work <laughs> because he's the only living God. So this is my message because I feel like so many people are struggling, so many people are upset, so many people are jealous, envy, whatever you want to call it. It's like you can have it too. Literally, it's not just for me. It's not like, oh, Sophia. No, it's for us all. (laughs) Yes. And you can have even more than I do because there's no limit. Yes. There's no how much can I have and how much can you have and who is better than you. It's no competition. No. It's like please have two because it's like, wow. And then we can feed off each other because that's also what God wants. Where can I help you to bless you? Where can you help me to Mm. bless me? Iron sharpens iron. That's what the word tells us. It's just crazy. So, oh, I would love to have obviously more sisters and brothers in Christ. So if anyone, (laughs) please hit me up, whatever it is. Even if you want to just catch up, just have one-on-one conversations, you know. Sometimes people feel like we just say this because it's a podcast or it's a show or it's TV. Come be a part of my life. Be a part of what I'm doing. Are you interested in business? Can I help you with something? Come on. There's only so much I can give you because I'm telling you God did it all. I just asked for it in prayer. I didn't (laughs) do the work, the physical work for it. I actually haven't. I prayed. I put it out there. I believed. And he sent me the people. Like even my contract now with Chemist Warehouse Group, I didn't even apply for it. It was the girl I collaborated with who put us together and they were interested in because she had a fragrance with me. It wasn't like me reaching out, being like, please have me. God did the application for you. Yes, I prayed for it and he did it. And Mm. I was just sitting there and going with the flow because emails were coming. It's not like I was sending them out and I was replying. I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? What's going on? What are we going to do? And he just got me the deal because I asked for it and I believed. And I wanted to be a kingdom builder. And just that excitement... Like setting up your company, they're like, oh, what's the name of your trust? I'm like, Kingdom Builder. Come on. They're like, sorry? I'm like, yeah, my trust name is Kingdom Builder. And you just feel like, God, we're moving. Yes. Like we are moving. You're helping move this. And then the money hits your bank account and you're like, okay, who can this feed? Which house can be built with this? Mm-hmm. Who else can have a hope, which they haven't had before? What can we do, please? Just having this passion and creating and helping and it just, I love what I'm doing. And his yoke, it just feels so easy because we always feel like, and that's another thing. Before I found God, I thought I have to give up what I'm doing to be with God. Now I know my job was to say yes to Jesus 
and his job was to take away what's not meant for me. Yes. I didn't have to give up nothing. Yes. I didn't have to change no patterns. It just happened through the through Jesus. I wasn't like, oh, I can't drink anymore. I can't uh, dress myself half naked anymore. I can't go <laughs> to parties and shake my bum anymore. I wasn't sitting there and planning this all. I was just like, God, I just want you. And whatever is after that was all on him. That's his job. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I don't have to do literally nothing. Yeah. It he wasn't, yeah. Work. No. So it was like, wow, it was so easy. And we make it so hard to ourselves mm. because the background where we come from is either you have to do this to receive this or you have to be a certain person to get certain stuff. If it's like better in school or better than someone else's child, whatever it might be, it's always like TikTok, 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 mm-hmm. whatever. It's, it's not for free. Yep. Even if it's not cash, it's not for free. And with God, it's just, wow, just this love that oh, I don't even understand myself. I don't. So it's like, yeah, that would be one thing if you really want to find this true happiness that no one can take away and no one can give you. It's literally only this one way. Yeah. Give it a go and you will never be the same. Never. Even if you just do it for the laugh, you will never go back. <laughs> never. It's just crazy how he works. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. No, thank right. you. It was thank so you. amazing. Thank you for ruining my makeup. You know how much I paid for that shit. <laughs> oh, God. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me. No, thank you for sharing. Yes, no. It was beautiful. Sharing your words, so your heart, your tears. Yes. Mm, now I want to play with baby colour. <laughs> <laughs> That's my son, our son, if you're yes. wondering who that is. <laughs> we want to say thank you for watching us. Hit, click and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you know if you love this content, please support us. We love you guys um, and we can't wait to bring you more content. Thank you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Thank you for listening to our podcast. That's it for today. If you like our content, please click like and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now.